Well, not quite sure how to follow that. I felt myself a bit choked up there. Um, I think it was the image of the kids praying at one point that really got me. You know, I love seeing yeah, people taking steps forward in faith. Amazing. Thank you, Mum, for sharing. Where's she gone? There. Thank you. I've been saying that for years. Where's she gone? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. The universal image of children and large cake. Isn't that great? <laughs> Icing everywhere. Um, it trans, trans kind of goes across cultures, doesn't it? And uh, translates different languages. Wonderful stuff. Um, yeah, brilliant. I want to just remind you of something that happened a couple of weeks ago as I start thinking about what I'm going to share today. And we're actually on the theme of mission, but I want to go back just two weeks ago. There was something different. Do you remember it? <laughs> there was, a, there was a, a yellow ball in the sky. Do you remember that? Uh, and it was, it was warm. Yeah? It wasn't that long ago, was it? No, I got in the sm- car this morning and the, the dashboard said seven and a half degrees. And I thought, oh, only a week or so ago it was saying 27 and a half degrees. That little two makes such a difference, doesn't it? Uh, anyway, just a couple of weeks ago there was a yellow ball in the sky and, uh, you know, it changed our behavior. If you noticed that, people were out enjoying themselves and people were smiling and and uh, it changed our senses because suddenly at home I could, I could smell smoke and, and sausages and things from people's gardens as people were barbecuing. And, uh, and it changed our sense of touch for some people as uh, suddenly the after sun had to come out and go on as uh, we'd got rather red in places that hadn't been exposed to that yellow ball for quite a while. And it changed our, 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 our emotion, I think, because people were laughing and enjoying themselves in different ways. Well... Uh, just keep that image in your mind. Keep the image in your mind of, of what it's like on a sunny day and how people are on a sunny day. That's Because I haven't really got the illustration of the outside to point to today. So just keep that in your mind. That I think it's Brighton from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I don't know where the uh, barbecue's from, but there was a picture just taken off the internet this week. We're doing a series for five weeks, Robin and myself, for looking at the five different key things that are really important to us as church. And this is week four of five. I'm not going to test you on what we've covered so far because I'm going to just reference those later on. But four, week four or five, you can see it in the top corner and it's mission. And uh, that's what we're talking about today. And as a church, we stand as part of a group of churches and a, a whole movement of what God's doing around the world where mission is right at the heart of what we do. It's right at the heart of what's important to us. It's at the heart of what we value. And uh, years and years and years ago, people traveling around the world, sent out from the UK and from different countries with this sense of passion that God was doing something new in the church today. That the Holy Spirit was poured out onto the church, not just in Acts chapter 2, in ancient days, but today. And, And the church could be alive and vibrant and take the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus around the world. And as a church, as a local church, we've enjoyed sending missionaries for years. Uh, Mum has mentioned that she's been around for uh, traveling around the world in different ways for different years, and we've been able to support her. Sue is our longest standing missionary, been working in Asia uh, for many, many years. I can't say where because we've been recorded, um, but tens, hundreds of thousands of people 
uh, hearing the gospel through the work that Jeff and Sue and others are doing in the parts of Asia that they're working in. And we support Rachel working in Albania, working with uh, children's ministry particularly, and now not only running children's centers, but also supporting churches uh, so that they can learn how to share the good news of Jesus with kids. We've got a team going out this summer to support them, wherever it is, uh, whether it's supporting David and Magda as they were working for World in Need, or the new projects will be starting in India and Burkina Faso later this year, uh, supporting church leaders and church pioneers. The bottom picture is taken in India. And uh, these are pioneer workers taking the gospel to villages where uh, people haven't heard the name of Jesus before. You know, we, we pick a church to go to, but, but they haven't heard the name of Jesus ever before. And uh, so they're hearing the name of Jesus for the first time. Similarly, Burkina Faso, uh, top right-hand picture. That's a group of pastors and leaders uh, drawn together for some training several years ago. And again, these, many of these folk are going out into villages and they're setting up churches in communities which have never heard the name of Jesus. And again, it's, it's just baffling to us to understand that, but we're able to and privileged to partner with those folk. It's an, as mum said, it's an absolute privilege to stand with others who are doing gospel work today. We, we go along and, and we've got so much to learn. And I'm forever humbled as I go on. I've only ever done short trips, but as I go, you know, you're often invited to speak if you're a pastor in the UK and you go, go to speak. And I think, what, what on earth can I say? What, what on earth can I share? Because these guys are day after day after day, they're seeing God do amazing things. And yet the, they love the sense of partnership and the encouragement that they have. As somebody comes from the other side of the world to say, I'm with you. We're here. We're supporting you. We're cheering you on. And that's the role that uh, many of us are able to play in different ways. Why do we do all this? Well, it's because Jesus told us to. Yeah? Kind of the Great Commission. Go and preach the good news. Go and make disciples of all nations. That's kind of it. But it's also a vision. A vision of taking what God has given and sharing it with those who may not have it yet. A vision of, of being generous, as God has been generous to us, so pouring out to other people the, the bit that God's placed in our lives. Years ago, we as a church came up with a new sense of our vision, and as a leadership team spent time investing in prayer and talking together, we asked people who are prophetic to pray and, and send in words and thoughts, and we came up with this phrasing uh, that uh, just summed up, encapsulated what we believed was God's heart for us as a church. We wrote this, we see a radiant church encountering God and moving in the spirit. A faith-filled people who demonstrate God's kingdom and are transformed, equipped, mobilized and sent daily as part of God's redemptive purpose for the world. We're not saying and never were saying that we're better than anybody else or we've got more of this than anybody else. We just want to be transformed because we recognize that as we're transformed and changed, others can see that we're being changed and others can see the light of Jesus because we're being changed by him. That's our heart and that's our desire. Today I want to turn to a scripture um, and I'm going to base everything around this passage of scripture. But we are going to be in Philippians chapter 2. And going around it. But this is the really core scripture I want to base everything on. And it's on your screens. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. 
Uh, that vision statement I just shared really speaks about uh, us being a radiant church, like a, like a beacon, uh, a lighthouse, if you like. But it's, it, it's more than a static image, something that just shines out there. It's actually this sense of us going out and being among people. And I'll come back to that in a moment. But this sense of shining is really clear. And, and as we read the scripture, we see so many times this sense of light and shining is referenced. There's so many, many verses. I've got just a few on the screen. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never is extinguish it, John 1 5. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than light, John 3, 19. I've come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark, John 12, 46. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, Ephesians 5, verse 8. There's so many, there's many, many more. This setting up this principle, this challenge between darkness and light, where Jesus comes as the light of the world and yet people love darkness for some reason. They love living in the dark and doing deeds of darkness and hiding away from the light. There's loads more verses. Just a few. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 that God made his light to shine in our hearts. Colossians 1.13 he rescued us from the dominion of darkness. That's great, isn't it? 1 Thessalonians 5.5, 5, we are now children of light. 1 Peter 2.9, I love, love this passage. We're called out of darkness into his wonderful light. We know that the world needs light. We know that our entire existence depends on light for, for photosynthesis, for plants. We need light to, to, for the world to be able to exist and, and plants to grow and animals to live. We need light. It's, the, it's absolutely crucial to our existence. In a similar way, we were singing a, a song earlier that talks about looking to the sun. Uh, and we're talking about a different kind of light, but it's using the same image. Jesus is the light of the world. We know that the world can't exist without Jesus. The Bible talks about the fact that through the word of God, Jesus, everything was created and how he sustains all things by the power of his word. And so there's this sense that if at any point Jesus stopped sustaining all things, everything that we know would, would, would cease to be. Such is the power of the light of God. It not only illuminates, but also he's upholding the universe. And there's this contrast between constantly between light and dark between good and evil, between the things that cope quite happily being exposed and the kind of life that we might live where we want it to be hidden and closed and not seen. And this passage that we're looking at today talks about shining. You will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. The image that it's using for shining is, is that of the sun or the moon, particularly in this culture, in this day. It's talking about the sun or the moon particularly, and it's those, those kind of the, the light that gives illumination, the light that you can see by, the light when you haven't got street lamps, when you haven't got a torch, when you haven't got a phone that you can flick on, the light in this culture that actually is vital for life, for navigation, for day-to-day -day living, the light which helps you do everything. You've got light or from the sun or the moon or you've got fire. That's about it. 
absolutely fundamental. And Paul, as he's writing to this church in Philippi, is saying, that's what you'll do. You'll shine among them like stars in the sky. You know, if you're looking for something at home, uh, and it's something important, you'll often put the light on to find it. You know, particularly if it's in a cupboard or it might have gone under a bed, you kind of put the light on, you get a torch out, you're shining away. If you're cleaning at home and you want to do it really quickly, you turn the lights off. Because <laughs> it's brilliant in the dark. You can hoover like a, like a pro in the dark. But if you want to do it properly, you turn the lights on. It takes a lot longer. But the house gets a lot cleaner. If you want to find something, you, kind of, you, you turn lights on, don't you? If you've got a funny dream as a as a kid or even as an adult, you, you, you wake up and you want to put the lights on and suddenly it's all okay again. Because light has that quality of transformation. There was a study done on, on human psychology and uh, fairly recently, I think it was linked to the BBC, and there was just six people put uh, in a kind of, I think it was a nuclear shelter where they had no contact with other people and it was just for 48 hours. They were given meals at regular intervals. But even just in that 48-hour period, they lost all sense of time lost sense of space, some were hallucinating uh, and imagining things and described, they were on kind of infrared camera but so they could be seen, uh, but they were describing what they could see and it was quite scary to some of them and, and others found it less worrying but still they just lost all track of time or space just for two days, that's the only time they were away and, and their cognitive ability was diminished when they came out, they did a bank of tests before they went in and when they came out, their ability to, to process information was much diminished. Their susceptibility was much higher when they came out. They were quite vulnerable just because of having spent two days in the dark. There's folks that have spent their entire lives in the dark without the light of Christ in their lives. And the susceptibility is high. And the ability to hallucinate and see all sorts of things that aren't there and to imagine things that aren't true is there in just the same way spiritually when I'm talking about practically. Paul is saying, shine. My first question to us, I suppose, is how's our shining going? How bright do we shine? Don't, get, don't beat yourself up too much yet. We're going to get to some more bits before we move on. We're to shine among them. Shine among them. That's the people outside of church world. And so we don't just shine when we're together on a Sunday. We're not just nice to each other on a Sunday, but we need to shine outside of here too, Monday to Saturday. We are the light of the world, and we can't just shine for Jesus when we're in church. Jesus says, no one lights a lamp and hides it, hides it under a bowl. Our mission is about being Jesus' light outside of here. So, I suppose my second question is, how's your among them going? How's your shining and how's your among them going? Last week, I, sp I spoke about discipleship and spoke about having conversations which were good, deep, God and Jesus uh, as a process, as a way of showing people that we care and genuinely loving and caring pe for people. If you're not quite sure what that's all about, listen to last week. It'll be quicker than me explaining it all now again. But Christian... Christians are needed in our community in every sphere of life. The among them isn't just about telling people about Jesus in a particular way. It's not just about church activities, but we need Christians in every sphere of life, in business, in education, in the arts, in healthcare, in politics, in media, in, soci in, in social care. Living amongst and being light in our community. 
Our politicians, whether national or local, need the light of Christ amongst them. Our business leaders need the light of Christ. Uh, the guys who tra- girls who are traveling up to the city of London week after week after week, day after day after day, need the light of Christ shining amongst them and from them as well. Is this presumptuous that we should do this as Christians? Is, it, uh, how, is this us emboldening ourselves? No, it's a biblical vision of radiance, of using what God's put in us to share with others. There's a moment occasionally when a lady's pregnant and people will look at her and say, oh, you're glowing. I don't know if it means she's a bit hot and sweaty or if it means there's something (laughs) more positive, but I think generally speaking, it's a a sign that something's good and it's, it's great and there's a sort of luminescence almost from somebody. It's not usually said around the time of labor um, or any of the following 18 years or so. (laughs) But there's just a moment in pregnancy where everything's going well. Equally, there are times when people look at us and say, you're looking really tired. I had one of those last week and I said, oh, thanks a lot. (laughs) Cheers. Christians are meant to live lives that shine. We're meant to live intriguing, attractive lives that shine with the light of Christ, where we glow with him. And I want to talk about how to do that because this chapter tells us how to do it. Um, Quickly as well, we need to hold firmly to the word of life. Shine among them like stars in the sky. We've covered that as you hold firmly to the word of life. It's easy for us to think that somehow... As Christians, we we shine best when we've got a really cool car and the best house and no problems. And our marriages are great and our kids are just amazing if we have them. And our friendships are amazing and and every meal we have is so good that it needs to go on Instagram. And every every experience we have just, just needs to be shared with the world. And in fact, if there was a new reality TV show to be had, it should be had of our lives because they're just great. It's easy to think that that's what shining looks like, but it doesn't. Paul's writing to the Philippians and they're struggling. He's struggling. They're under attack. And and he's writing to them and saying, in the chapter just before, for you've been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We're in this struggle together. You've seen my struggle in the past and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. And he writes at the beginning of Philippians about being in chains. He writes about these chains that he's in. And I don't think he's talking about spiritual, metaphorical chains. Feeling a bit tied up, you know, a bit busy. He's talking about genuine suffering. And he's saying to these people, shine among them like stars in the sky. You will do that as you hold firmly to the word of life in the midst of all the rubbish that's going on right now. This is not a verse for happy people to put on smiley faces and pretend it's all okay. But this is a verse for people to hold on to Jesus Christ when life feels like it's giving way. To hold firmly when under attack, moral, relational or whatever way. Hold firmly. To hold firmly keeps us humble because it shows us it's not about us. Me being able to shine anything of God's light into anyone else's life isn't about me. It can't be. 
Otherwise, I'm shining my light. I want to shine his. You know, the gospel is an incredible reminder of our need for Jesus. There's a, an incredible passage just... I'm not quite sure where my notes go here, but there's an incredible passage just before this bit. Verse 15 talks about shining like stars. And, uh, and the, the passages before... Uh, is a whole, is a, possibly a hymn. That's what a lot of the commentators think. There's, there's a hymn that's in play here, which talks about Jesus' humility and then God exalting him to the highest place. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And th- that, that sense of the gospel of Jesus being lifted high is incredibly humbling. But that humbling that we have as we, we hold on to Jesus helps us hold firmly to the gospel and helps us shine. The mission we're talking about today is intentionally living amongst people in such a way that they can see and know Jesus. Let me read that again. The mission we're talking about today is intentionally living amongst people in such a way so that they can see and know Jesus. Let me just help us get to how we do this. Because Paul, in writing this verse, is saying, then you will shine among them like stars in the skies. You hold firmly to the word of life. And I've teased you a little bit by saying, well, this is what we should be doing, but we haven't looked at how we do it. So very quickly, how do we do this? And we're going to go back through Philippians chapter 2 to do this. And you'll notice, those of you who've been here for the last three weeks, some common themes. Number one, presence. Is there any encouragement from being, belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Paul starts off by talking about the presence of God. It was what we were speaking about three weeks ago. The presence of God is absolutely essential, and we start there. Uh, That that actually, to be able to shine, we need to be living in the presence of God. Secondly, he talks about community, and Rob preached brilliantly on community a couple of weeks ago. And he says this, Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try and impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest. This is the the context that Paul's saying. He's building up to then you'll be able to shine like stars. So number one, get in God's presence. Number two, be in community and be humble. Consider others. That hymn of of Christ being lifted up is is amazing because it talks about Jesus. And Paul says there that he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. One of the challenges in community is is me and you. One of the challenges to making community work is us because we, any relationship, we find that we're reflecting on our own rights. We might call them responsibilities sometimes, but it's much the same thing. It's about what I get to do and what I get to say and what I get to think. And, and actually, I'm the problem in most relationships that I find I'm in. And you are in them too. And this Paul's writing about humility and saying, don't think about others as better than themselves. Jesus patterned this way of, of not asserting his rights or even his responsibilities. He never reminded anybody that he'd created the world. And by the way, don't you know I'm busy holding this up while we're chatting here. Thank you very much. Just to give him a sense of perspective. But he put a towel on and he got down and he washed their feet. And Jesus kept doing that again and again and again. Cultivate humility. It's a great way. Not only of challenging our hearts, but helping us shine. Discipleship. 
Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. So the very verses just before the ones we're talking about shining are talking about discipleship. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Not work hard to get saved. Jesus saved us by his grace. But once you have received his grace, then show it. Put it into practice. Do it. Work it out. Presence. Community. Discipleship. Today, mission. We've got one more to go. Paul talks about this whole thing of community. And he says this, just before he talks about shining like stars, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Different versions say, do not grumble. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Grumbling is what the, old, the Israelites did in the wilderness. Grumbling is generally a private moaning. None of us ever do this, I realize. You never moan about other people. But that's what he's talking about here. And arguing is the upfront confrontational. So don't do the private moaning and don't do the public arguing. Live lives without that. But instead live as children as God. Now, as I was reading this, thinking about what I was going to say today, I, I wanted to speak about shining like stars. And we kind of build up to this point about God's presence and community and discipleship. And we get to the point that this is the bit immediately before how we shine like stars. And Paul says, do everything without complaining and arguing so no one will criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Then you will shine like stars among them. And I realized that as I was preaching on mission, the great message to send us out to the whole of the world, the biggest thing I was going to say today as we built up to it was stop moaning. And that's how you do mission. And I thought there's got to be more to it than that. Surely there's got to be more than just stop your moaning, Stuart. And then you'll be more missional. But I realize that actually all these things interlock together. It all interlocks together because actually if there's division amongst us, and if our lives are reflecting our own rights and our own responsibilities and our own desires and we're living for me and what's mine, and I'm not living for what's ours and what's theirs, then actually I've got it the wrong way around to start with. And I can't do any mission and I can't serve anyone while it's all about me. Now God in his grace works through idiots and ordinary people. He works through people who haven't got it together. And so he can work through you and me. But to be effective in mission, our heart has to be broken again and again and again and again at the foot of the cross as we say, Jesus I'm not worthy. But I believe you've given me something to give and something to share, and it's not about me. It's for your glory. I just read a really good book by a doctor called Helen Rosevere. Some of you will have read her stuff. Incredibly challenging and incredibly powerful and humbling. If you struggle with this issue of humility, read books by people who are better than you and more godly than you. And don't be condemned by them, but just be encouraged that that God's got some amazing people on the face of the earth. So, a few questions just to wrap up. I suppose I need to recap and just say, well, what opportunities do we have to shine? 
What opportunities do we have to shine? I guess they're around us every day. Places we can stand out like a beacon. What opportunities can we step into that need us to shine into? And I'm going to spend just a moment on this one. You see, there are parts of our town and our community which desperately need the light of Christ. We've obviously been investing particularly in thinking about Showfields and Ramsley and, and that part of town recently. Uh, and Rob and myself looked at some statistics. Rob particularly was pulling out stats around a social need in, in that part of town and realizing that hundreds of children are living in poverty in our community. Uh, the same is true in Sherwood as well, but uh, the different pockets of our town where hundreds of children today are growing up in relative poverty. We're not talking about absolute poverty where you know, it's complete malnutrition, but pretty difficult situations that people are growing up in. And, and that's on our watch. That's today. And we want to do something about it. People are growing up with brokenness built into their family structures. And we want to see God do something about it. People are scared to go home at night because of what's going to happen to them when they get home. Home should be a safe place. I want to see the light of Christ illuminating those homes. We want to do something about it, not because we're better than anybody else, but because Jesus is risen and he's alive and he's victorious. And the little bit of light he's given to us can illuminate someone else's darkness. And just like when they want to clean up, they need to put the lights on. So we need to walk into people's lives and turn the lights on by being there. And it will be messy, but it's what God's called us to do. We do it by being united together. We do it by being humble. We do it by being in God's presence. We do it by being connected together. We do it by continually growing. Our community needs us to shine. Let's not get comfortable. Let's not get cozy. Last week, I just sowed a thought that obviously very soon we're going to be asking and talking to people about across the church about which location to be in on a Sunday morning. And it would be very easy to think that through in terms of where's the best parking? <laughs> it's, it's an easy answer. There's parking down in Showfields or Broadmead, all sorted. Parking multi-story just here is a little bit more complicated, particularly on Easter Sunday when they decide to shut it for some reason. Where's the best parking? Who's got the comfiest seats? Where's, where's going to work best for this, that, and the other? My encouragement to us is that we rethink. My encouragement to us is as we begin to think that through, think, where can I shine? Where's God calling me to shine? Because I may not feel like I'm the brightest light. I may not feel like I've got the most to shine, but I'm, I want to be part of what Stuart's been talking about today. To shine among them as stars in the sky, that someone else's darkness can be illuminated that no one else has to go to bed in fear, that no one else has to wake up and wonder how they're going to get through the day because they've got Jesus now in their lives. Where can we do that best? That's the question I want us to be asking. And maybe we can ask them that today, not just for Sunday mornings, but for the whole of our lives. Lord, help us to shine in this community. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we pray together? I think Ross and the team are going to come back up. But let's pray.